So, how wasn't it a good week two of the NFL season? We had a lot to talk about on Lower Own Friends inside the NFL, and it starts right now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Loro and Friends Inside the NFL. And happy, happy Wednesday to everybody out there. With me today, we got Big G, Kenny, and CJ should be joining us shortly. Vince will not be joining us today, but he'll be listening to our podcast, whoever he may be. So he's on another show right now. So see, and also, everybody, how's it going today? How are you all doing today? Good. How about you, Lorenzo? Doing well. What about you, CJ? How are you, man? What's that? Can't hear you. So I'm doing good. So I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Doing good. What about you, Big G? I'm doing all right. Uh, a little saddened due to the passing of Gale Sayers, but other than that, uh, everything's golden here. Yes, let's talk about that first before we proceed to our topics today. So Gale Sayers was a seven-time was spent his entire seven-year career with the Chicago Bears. Passed away today, and our thoughts and prayers are with Gale Sayers family and the entire Chicago Bears organization. Big G, Kenny, and CJ, it was a good thing you brought that up, Big G. Give me your thoughts on the passing of Gale Sayers. I mean, uh, it's a huge loss to the NFL community as a whole. Um, the, the man was just an outstanding running back and, and man in general. Um, and in today's society, that's the kind of people that we need to look up to and, and idolize and be like, you know, that's who we should be like uh, is Gale Sayers. Um, I mean, he spent five solid years, had knee problems, struggled through two more years, um, and still made it into the Hall of Fame. So that's kind of grind that kids nowadays need to see. Plus his running style, uh, one of the first complete all-around running backs, returning punts, kicks, and just running in general. So uh, it's sad to lose somebody like that. It doesn't matter if you're a, a Packers fan or if you're a Rams fan. It's a sad day for you guys as well. So. Yes, what about you, Kenny? What are your thoughts on Gail Sayers' passing? Yeah, um, my yeah, thoughts and prayers go out to Gail Sayers, Sayers and his uh, family. You know, yeah, yeah, I mean, Gail, I mean, 
I loved watching his highlights. I know, yeah. I mean, just like what Big Big Key said, he was very versatile. You know, Mike Dicka, you know, uh, who was a teammate, a teammate of his. You know, called him the greatest player in, uh, he's ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, he, you know, and Gio Sarris, you know, he had the ability to go full speed and then go full speed again. You know, he was a, um, yeah, he was an amazing player. Um, him. Uh, you know, alongside with you know Walter Pay- Walter Payton, the other uh, uh, Chicago Bears le- legend. Um, so it's a sad day for all football fans. It is. And what about you, CJ? What was your reaction to to Gail Sayers' death, and what your thoughts on his legacy is? Uh, definitely one of the greatest running backs uh, in NFL history, for sure. Uh, like everybody alluded to, had a strong career, but so dominant in the time span. We have a lot of power. Look at a lot of the running backs now uh, in, in the NFL. You can definitely, definitely saw some of the things that he did. He laid, he laid the groundwork for how to be successful running between the tackles and you know, running to the crib. And, uh, he's just a, just a special back, and it was tough, tough to lose him today. Uh, just like everyone said, our condolences to his family. And to the Chicago yeah, Bears. thoughts and prayers go to the entire Chicago Bears organization for that. And uh, we are definitely – this is definitely a sad day for the NFL community as well. So let's move on and talk about our week two recap. So I'm going to start with Big G and Kenny in this one. So the LA Rams defeat the Philadelphia Eagles 37 to 19. We all knew that coming into that game, it wasn't, it was going to be a route. So I'm going to start with Big G first and talk about what the, what the Rams did well in this game. So Big G, tell us, tell us what you thought, what the Rams did well in their victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm going to first start off and say that the Eagles line definitely impressed me and surprised me. Zero sacks by the Rams defensive front. Zero sacks by the Rams defense at all. Um, So solid performance by them. I was surprised. I sat down in front of the TV getting ready to watch it. And I was like, yep, here he goes. Aaron Donald's getting ready to have himself a buffet. And, And I mean, he was back there creating problems, but didn't get back there at all. So props to them. Now what the Rams did correctly was they just, I mean, flat out played. Um, I mean, they, and I feel this starts with Sean McVay. Sean McVay stuck with the play action. He stuck with the run. He pounded the ball and he made them go the way they didn't want to go with the play action. So props to him for sticking to it, not getting jarred, not trying to do anything fancy, just straight smash mouth football. And then the defense coming through and making stops when they need to. That's where the Rams went correct. Um, Still being hard on my boy Goff here. His pocket presence, that's the only thing I have problems with him, only thing I've ever had problems with him. And I just uh, – he, he needs to realize he can run, and it's okay for him to do that, and he needs to move in the pocket. But other than that, everybody else I think did a really good job. Henderson stepped up to the plate when Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers both went down. Uh, 12 rushes for 81 yards and a touchdown. So when his number was called, he was ready, and he, he delivered for the team. He sure did. I mean, Malcolm Brown – I mean – I mean, Daryl Henderson never had a touchdown in his career. So, I mean, he's definitely getting started here. So, basically, the Rams have a test on Sunday. As you know, as a Patriots fan myself, I'm counting on these L.A. Rams to beat the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo on Sunday. But I know that it's not going to be an easy task against Josh Allen and this Buffalo Bills offense. Their defense is good. But we're going to be talking about – we're going to dive deep into that game shortly when we talk about our picks, you know. Yeah, it's going to definitely be a test. Um, 
I'm I'm not sold completely that it's going to be an, a, a huge test. I don't think I think Cowboys was going to be was our toughest game so far out of the first three games here. Um, and I know we have more coming, so I'm I'm not overly worried about it. But obviously, that's still Josh Allen. His performance last week is going to be stuck in the back of my mind while I'm watching it. Yes, I mean you got to find a way to slow him down. So we're going to talk about that later on in the show. So Kenny, I'm going to get to you next on the Eagles' perspective of this game. So. What the Eagles did, what I felt like the, the reason why the Eagles lost this game, I mean, is because I feel like that, that their, their team is still not healthy. I mean, what Big G was saying, that the Eagles' offensive line looked a lot better than they were did the last game. So, did the Eagles, do you see the Eagles making gradual improvements as the season goes on despite an 0-2 start? Um. Lorenzo, to be honest with you, I, I don't know um, because because of the injuries um, uh, on the offensive line and also on on a defensive side of the ball, and just, um, just Carson Wentz is just he's just off track. Um, he need, he needs he needs to step up. Uh, the turnovers are alarming, um, you know, but you know. The Eagles had some success, you know, using the tempo offensively, but there was a uh, and there was a concerted effort to get him uh, to get Wentz out of the pocket and get the football out of his hands quickly. But the numbers are the numbers. Um, the two, I mean, the two interceptions. I mean, there's there's no excuse for that. And and also, um, this team just lacks consistency. Um, you know. There's a reason. That's the reason why they're 0-2. Um, they, you know, they're they're leading the Redskins 17 to nothing, and they sh- they had that game won, and then they just and they blew it. And the Eagles they, they built some uh, they built some momentum when they're trailing 21 to three in the first quarter, but they just but the Rams you know they didn't give up. You know the you know the that interception kind of it. it it just killed their momentum. Yes. I think that what killed their momentum was like that blown lead against Washington's football team against the Rams. They still did not lack consistency. We'll talk about how the Eagles can improve in their, in their upcoming week three matchup against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, which the Eagles shouldn't underestimate. You should win that game, but at the same time, you should not underestimate Joe Burrow. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying here. But my thoughts on this is the Rams played a great game. Tyler Higby had a three touchdown performance, caught it by Jared Goff. And I feel like that the Rams are back to their old form two years ago, which I felt like that the Rams are definitely heading into the right direction once again. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It's, this looks like the same Rams team as we've seen a couple of years ago. It's just that it's just a, you know that they're they're just in a tough division right, right right now. I mean look I mean look I mean look out for the Arizona Cardinals. You know three teams is you know two and tied for first at two and zero. I mean that that division is very scary. It is, but the 49ers have suffered major injuries, so we wish we had Vince talk about that. But well, we'll definitely dive deep into that later in the show. So I'm going to get to CJ next. So. What was your thoughts on the Rams-Eagles game? And were you surprised that the Rams are back to their old form? And do you think the Eagles can get back to playing good football? Well, I thought the Rams played really well. Uh, they were able to, you know, Carson Wentz 
you know, they didn't record a sack. You know, personal issues looked uh, really shaky out there. Uh, turning the ball over, that's something he has to work on uh, throughout the course of the season. And uh, the Rams did a good job of doing that. Uh, they continue to run the ball. Um, even though they don't have Gurley, they don't have a big name uh, in the backfield. You know, they're still committed to what they do. Um, and then when you have you have a guy like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, even though Donald didn't have a, a huge impact in that game, but uh, that just means that, you know, the Eagles are doing everything they can to double him and triple team and make it tough for him to get to Carson. So, um, you know, when you have, when you have a, a dominant defensive lineman and a dominant corner, uh, it's going to be it's going to be tough to, 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 to stop, stop this team, um, even though they're in a very tough division, uh, like everyone talked about. Uh, but, you know, they did a great job, and they have to continue to win, especially in an extremely difficult division. Uh, even though they, they played two NFC East teams, they haven't played anybody in the division yet, so we'll see um, how much they've improved in terms of the running game and the defense. We'll see if, if Goff can, can step up and be, uh, you know, up to the par of Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. We're playing at a, you know, right now in his first few weeks at the MVP level. Uh, we'll see if he can step up to the plate and, and uh, make it competitive. Uh, that's what they're going to need for sure. Um, in those games. And then for the Eagles, I mean, like I, like I said last week, uh, you know, it's really, in the NFC East, it's really just first first to nine wins. Whoever gets nine wins first, eight, eight or so, uh, that's, that's what's going to come down to. Just look at the landscape. The Giants, you know, they obviously got Devontae Freeman, but um, they, they don't look like, you know, they're still like probably, them and the Jets are probably the worst teams in the NFL right now. Um, the Cowboys, you know, they, they have that their comeback win. I know we're probably going to talk about that, but they their comeback win, uh, against the Falcons, but, you know, they were, they were also down as well, so they could take some good, they could take some good and some bad from that game, so the Eagles, I mean, even though despite being 0-2, they're still in it, uh, they just have to stay healthy, stay consistent, um, not get wavered, I mean, I look at this first month, it's really like, like a preseason. It is kind of, you know, a lot of, most of, yeah, most of these teams weren't able, weren't, weren't really able to get, get going with training camp, and weren't really able to tackle, um, and, and practice, and use pads, so, Really just a feeling our process for these teams. I think. I think. Yeah. So what? That. So with that being said, guys, uh, yeah. the game, the next game we'll talk about next, the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the Los Angeles Chargers, twenty-three to twenty. So Kenny, I'm going to start with you in this one since you're an Andy Reid fan. You're going to come from the Andy Reid perspective uh-huh. of the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Chiefs' offense looks rusty in the first half of the game. But in the second half, they really uh, stepped it up a notch, and they did, however, beat the Chargers twenty-three to twenty on a Harrison Butker field goal. But look at the Chargers; they are a good. They never give up in games. But the Chiefs—they're just an elite football team in the AFC West. So, with that being said, what was your thoughts on that game? And also, what's your what were your thoughts on Justin Herbert's NFL debut? And do you think he's the guy going forward now over Tyrod Taylor? Oh uh, yes, I'll start with. Uh... I start with uh, Justin Herbert. You know, you know, I was very impressed with J- Justin Herbert. Um, he, you know, he, he almost won the game game for the Chargers. Um, you know, but you know, you know, but the you know the Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs made a comeback. Um, you know, I think Herbert was mostly a- a- excellent in his. Um, you know, despite the um, the early drop from um, I, I forgot the I forgot the receiver's name, um, but he moved the chains well. Um, he achieved 28 first downs. You know, he converted six of 13 uh, and third down attempts. But uh, but you know, the Chiefs they won't go away. Uh, they they they're not gonna 
go away silently. Um, you know, you know, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, you know, the chargers, you know, they were on the thir- their own 34 yard line, but, you know, giving Patrick Mahomes possession in overtime, um, you know, you know, you know, that that put the that put the Chiefs in you know, in a win, in a winning position. So um, the Chargers they're gonna look back and you know, you know they're gonna realize never give Patrick Mahomes uh, uh, you know possession in overtime or in late in the fourth quarter. You want to give him less time. Keep him on the sideline. Yeah, if he's on the field longer, he makes sure the Chiefs are. The Chiefs are going to for sure win the game if he's on the field longer when he has time on the field when the Chiefs have a very good time of possession. Yeah. And you talked about Andy Reid being not so good being of a clock manager because he likes to pass the ball. You think he's done a better job with, with being a clock, not being not being a reliant guy on the clock? Wait, what was the question again? Do you have, do you, have you seen Andy Reid improve on not being worried about the clocks too much? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. uh, you talked about him not being a good clock manager. Yeah, um, I, th- yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think he learned. Um, you know, he, you know, yes, he is, you know, past happy. Um, you know, but, you know, and, but with you know Clyde Edward uh, Hiller, um, you know. It, yeah, he's running. See, his offense is more is more successful when he runs it a balanced offense. You know, because I noticed that you know, you know, back in the two thousand eight playoffs, um, the first the first two rounds. I mean, Andy Reid, you know, I mean, ran ran a heavy balanced offense, but in, in that NFC Championship game against the Arizona Cardinals, he went back to pass happy and. and it, it it went off. So so, yeah, yeah. I think Andy Reid uh, managed the clock uh, pretty well here. He did. I mean, he wasn't good at that in the past, like yeah. we talked about before. Especially when it comes to playoff time, you know. Absolutely, yeah. So let's go to Big G next. So here, what? Let's talk about this. So, what was your thoughts on the Chiefs Chargers game, man? Did you think Justin Herbert d- did enough to? to take over Tyrod Taylor's job. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Anthony Lynn uh, came out and said that uh, Tyrod Taylor is going to be his starting guy uh, shortly after the fact of him being injured. And then everything's kind of came to be as of today, finding out that it was a punctured lung due to the team doctor trying to give him a shot to help uh, with his hip. So, he, or sorry, his ribs. Um, so he said that he will be the starter when he comes back because he really can't say that he won't be due to the fact that it was the team that messed him up. That being said, I think it's a, a lot harder of a decision now for him to make to play um, Tyrod Taylor because Herbert did such a good job against a, a pretty solid defense. You know, it's going to make that a hard decision, but he has to play him when he comes back because of the fact that he didn't play in this game because of the team. So he doesn't really have an option. So I have a feeling once Tyrod Taylor is healthy, he will be back at the starting position at least for a game or two. And as a Chargers fan, that's something you just have to weather and get through because he was in the wrong. It wasn't his fault that he didn't start. So it's a tough decision he's going to make. I have a feeling Herbert will start probably for the next two or three weeks maybe up until the point of 
Tyrod Taylor being able to return at 100%. And then that being the case, Tyrod Taylor take the reins back over because of technicality issues with the shot that was administered to him. What about you, CJ? So what was your thoughts on the game overall? And then Big G, did you think that the Chiefs, no surprise, the Chiefs are 2-0. The Chiefs are going to be – the Chiefs are, are a great football team here, you know. Yeah, I was more surprised at the fact that the Chargers were actually keeping pace uh, because I thought Tyrod Taylor – I didn't catch the game till till it had already uh, started. So I was under the assumption that Tyrod Taylor was playing, um, which I was under the assumption that the Chiefs were going to be up by at least two scores with that point uh, of me coming in. And I was only gone for like five minutes. So – I, had, I thought the Chiefs had it in the bag, didn't even think about it. But, again, it is the, the AFC West. You can't take any team in there and just, you know, I don't. I think it was last year that the Raiders went step for step with the Chiefs when they were on their way to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, you, it's, you can't take that division just like you can't take the NFC West, anybody in that, um, out of the picture as well. So, I was surprised a little bit to see the game was so close as, as to what it was because, again, I thought Tyrod Taylor was in there and come to find out that he wasn't and uh, that – Herbert did a good job. So, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. So, let's go to CJ next. So, what was your thoughts on Herbert's debut? And what was your thoughts on the Chiefs' victory over the Chargers? Yeah, Herbert played really well. Um, you know, just found out, just found out a couple minutes before he started. Excuse me, the start of the team, uh, start of the game. Uh, you know, to come out, throw over 300 yards, touchdown, rushing touchdown. It looked good. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Tyrod is always look at look at a few years ago with Baker. He got hurt, and then Baker took over, and you know, never never got a job back. I think we might see a similar circumstance here with, with Herbert as well. Um, you know, he looked in overtime and that fourth and one play, you know, they punted it back to the, to the Chiefs, which ultimately led to the Chiefs taking that field goal. Uh, I think they should have just, you know, just continue with the continue with what they had. I saw Keenan Allen really upset um, after that series. I think they, you know, they have to be more aggressive, especially against a team like the Chiefs. You gotta have, you have to have confidence in yourself because, like like uh, like Kenny said, you know, you have to be able to keep uh, Mahomes on the sideline, and the more you keep him on the sideline, the more you're eating up clock. That's, that's the that's the way you uh, win the game, and uh, for the Chiefs, you know they didn't look, they didn't look great until the end. Um, but you know when you have a guy like Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, they have all the weapons that they have. You know you just can't count them out. You really got to put them away early. Um, and even if yeah, I mean, and even then, you know we've seen them come back from down, you know multiple multiple scores. So uh, it's just about staying consistent for 60 minutes with that team. You know, they can score so fast. But uh, you know I, I'm really more impressed with the Chargers, honestly. Uh, you just look at what Herbert did. Well, so with that being said, go ahead, CJ. So with that being said, do you think Justin Herbert's the starting quarterback for the Chargers going forward? Do you think he starts for the rest of the season? No, I mean, as, as asking CJ, CJ, this question's for you. So, do you think Justin Herbert has earned to be the Chargers' starting quarterback going forward? Not with that start yesterday on uh, in Week Two against the Chiefs. Yeah, I think so. I don't see why not. I mean, uh, I mean, you already know what you're going to get from Tyrod. You know, Tyrod's not a guy that really 
pushes the ball down the field, he likes to throw the ball short, intermediate. Uh, you know, he's a guy that can keep you in the game, but not really a guy that can definitely be win you a game. Uh, if you have a great run, you have, you have a great run game, a great defense, uh, you know, he's a good quarterback for that. But uh, if you've got a guy like Herbert, he can push the ball down the field. He's athletic, he can move, um, and he can, he can do everything Tyrod could do and more. So, uh, you know, why not? You drafted him six overall. Um, for that reason, to be your franchise. Uh, so, you know, why not keep it going? Give, give him some reps out there. Like I said, he looked good against the defending champs, so keep it going. I know Anthony Lim said what he said after the post-conference. I mean, that's what, that's what all coaches say uh, after the game. So that's just a, that's just a PC coach answer. Um, but I think uh, once practice gets, gets along and once the week starts to fold and they start winning some games with him, uh, I don't see why. All right. So that being said, I think it's, it just, it's Justin Herbert's team now in the Chargers so we'll uh, talk about their next game shortly so with that being said let's talk about the uh, Sunday night game between the Seahawks Patriots so that was one heck of a football game CJ I'm gonna go start with you on this one so Cam Newton ran tried to run it in for a touchdown but he got blocked so was that really a bad play designed by Josh McDaniels there Man, yeah, like you said, like you said, we first started off, what a game, great game for us to come back, resiliency, you know, a lot of people thought, you know, after uh, after throwing that pick and missing on that third down, they thought we were probably going to get blown out, but we fought hard and uh, fought to the end. I, I you know, I, I felt like we should have done a traditional quarterback sneak, you know, put Cam on the center and just have him jump over the line and break the plane, um, you know, for him to start off, you know, five yards from the, from the one. And that kind of makes it much easier for the defense to get to him and tackle him, even though I know it did work early in the game and he did do the fake, which to, to, to Johnson, which is a nice play call by, uh, by McDaniels. But I would have liked to see just a quarterback sneak, man on man, you know, Cam 6'5", and just throw his body over the plane and, and score a touchdown, as opposed to him getting a running start, which also gives the defensive line an opportunity to tackle him. And, and you know, the people say he could have bounced to the outside, but I just feel like that play call could have been just a traditional QB sneak instead of a QB power, but... Uh, you know, we look good. We look good. I like the way Cam is throwing the ball. Looks like he's definitely, you know, worked on his mechanics uh, since being in New England, being able to, you know, just you're not, not balls aren't sailing like they used to do when he was in Carolina. So he's really honing in and worked, worked on his footwork. Uh, uh, Bird has stepped up at wide receiver. Harry looks good. Looks like he developed a great rapport with, with Cam. Same for Edelman as well. So hopefully I'd like to see some, some more some tight end action production from us. Hopefully, brother Dalton King, when he gets back, or Devin Asiasi or Ryan Izzo, one of those guys can step up and kind of work, work through the seams, which will make you know the run game more powerful as well if they start to load up the box. All right. So, that being said, hopefully we'll get some tight end help back. If we get Dalton King back, he could really be a help on the offensive side of the ball. So, Kenny and Big G, I'm going to go to you next. What was your thoughts on the Patriots' 1.1 possession loss to the Seattle Seahawks and I thought it was a well-played football game. And the Patriots and Seahawks are big-time rivalries ever since Super Bowl Forty-Nine. So, so what did you guys think? Did you guys think the Patriots should have won this game? Was this a bad, a bad play designed by Josh McDaniels or something like that? And tell me what you thought what the Patriots could have done to beat Seattle. What could, what could have been different in this game? Yeah, I think it was a poor play design. I... I think that they should have done that play that they did on the goal line before where he fake ran it, kind of ran it close to the line and then tossed it over the top to a, a fullback or a tight end or, or somebody that was running out into the end zone. Um, they ran that play close to the end zone before and it worked really well. 
that's kind of what I figured was going to happen. Uh, I was watching the game with my dad, and he called it. He said Cam Newton's going to take it in or at least try to. And, I mean, he called it spot on. Um, real quick, though, I wanted to start off with the thoughts and prayers go out to James White. Uh, his dad died in that car wreck right before the game, and his mom uh, had to be life-flighted. So thoughts and prayers go out to them real quick there. Um, but, yeah, it was a solid game other than that. Um, I just love the – I mean, you guys are going to hear me say this multiple times as long as I'm on here, guys, talking with you guys. I love me some hard-hitting games. If somebody's getting smacked across the, you know, the the dome, I'm ready for it. And, and the, the the trash talk in between Stephon Gilmore and DK, DK Metcalf, I loved it. The extra, a little extra, right at the whistle, all the way up to it. That's what I like to watch right there. So I thoroughly enjoyed the game, uh, especially you know when DK was catching it over Stephon Gilmore and taking him out of bounds. I just I, I loved it. Hard hitting games, I loved it. That was that that safety that got hit. That was maybe a, a helmet to helmet, but man, that hit he laid there uh, on, I can't remember the receiver, but he was the, the Seahawks safety. He got ejected. He smoke checked this dude. It was a good solid hit. And that's, I mean, I don't want to see people get injured, but I love seeing hard hitting games. So yeah, I thoroughly Andre enjoyed Diggs that. Got disqualified from that game. Yep. I feel that that's, yep. That I, I'm thoroughly in love with a hard hitting game. I would be a terrible referee. I'd be like, well, he's just hitting them hard because I think there was, I can't remember if it was this game or another game I was watching this Sunday. Uh, and I, I had to explain to my dad cause he missed the, the spot of the blindside block, but Hey man, if you get smoke checked like that and you're not like, you know, falling to the ground or something and you aren't actually a defenseless receiver. Hey man, that's you. You're top from day one. Keep your head on a swivel. If you, there's an interception, you don't keep your head on swivel, you get smoke checked, that's on you, not the person hitting you. So, I mean, that's just me. Like I said, hard hitting all the way to the whistle is my kind of game. Yeah, so it was a hard hitting game. So, Kenny, what about you? What was your thoughts on this game? Yeah, um, you know, Cam Newton played uh, – he played great. Um, uh, you know, he – you know, it, it turns out that Cam Newton uh, loves throwing to uh, Julian Edelman just as much as Brady, uh, uh, Tom Brady once did. Um, you know, Julian Edelman, you know, he, he, I mean, I mean, he kept, caught eight passes for a for 179 yards. Um, you know, and Nikhil Harry also played well. Uh, but, you know, you know, as great as, you know, Cam Newton was in this game, Russell Wilson was better, uh, you know. You know, he threw five touchdown passes. You know, also uh, also scrambled five times. Um, and and uh, but he was guilty of that interception. But that wasn't his fault because Greg Olson, you know, you know, just couldn't make, couldn't, you know, had the ball pop out of his hands. You know, which is why he's not. It was not. Which is why he's not with the Panthers. Panthers anymore. Um, but you know. The, the Seahawks. I mean, wow! I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you this right now, Lorenzo. Um, there is, I mean, I think they're gonna make the Super Bowl this year. You're, you, you're, you're going out on a limb here that the Seahawks are gonna make the Super Bowl. I can Ab- see yes, that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, guys. So that being said, before we move on to our, uh, move on to our Thursday night football game pick. Uh, let's also talk about uh, some games in week two that really that really uh, surprised everybody here. So let's talk about the game that really shocked us the most was the Cowboys coming from behind against the Atlanta Falcons. So, Big, you want to start with you on that one. So, did you think the Falcons 
always know how to start off games really well, but they just choke in the in the second half of each game of every game. What were your thoughts on that? What was what was your thoughts there, Big G? Oh, sorry, you cut out real quick, and I I didn't hear who you were asked the question to. Uh, yeah, it's I I mean I I wouldn't have heard choking from that far away, but I, I probably should have. I thought that left with Kyle Shanahan. Uh, when he went to the 49ers, seeing how his Super Bowl ended up. But I guess it's just a curse of Atlanta. I guess Atlanta's now going to have a curse where if they get a decent lead in the first half, they're just going to completely up and forget how to play football in the second half. Um, I do believe, though, that Dallas shot themselves in a foot, their foot uh, for that first half of the game, and they kind of settled in it and then, you know, went to work. But there's no reason why you can't be up, you know, 29 to 10 at half and close the game out. Um, at some point in time, you know, then just continue to keep scoring, get, uh, keep scoring. Now, I do believe if I'm if I'm right that Julio Jones might have hurt his hamstring, and that could have been a potential. But again, these are all excuses, and and I'm a very uh, remember the Titans uh, head coach where there is no excuses, per, or excuses, perfections. What we're going for, so. I mean, that's just the way it is. I feel like Atlanta is is a very close team to being a, a, a considerable elite team. I think their biggest problem right now is they don't have a running back. They took a chance on Gurley, and I knew that was a bad chance when they took it. That's why we gave him to Atlanta, and he's turning out to be that bad choice for them. So now they don't have a run game, so they're st- strictly having to go off of the backs of Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. And like I said, Dallas just showed up to play. Um, 200 yard receivers and a rece- and a tight end that was at 88 yards, and we had 89 yards rushing. So I mean, they were just they just came back out of the out of the locker room ready to play, and Atlanta didn't. They thought they were done. So yeah. So what about you, Kenny and CJ? What was your thoughts on the Atlanta Falcons choking in Dallas? Uh, I'm not surprised that the uh, Falcons choked in, uh, in the second half. You know, I've seen the Falcons blew it. A you know. Blew a, a double-digit lead in the in the in the second half before even before you know twenty-eight to three in the Super Bowl. Um, that that's just the Falcons, um, uh, really. Um, you know, you know, it's just uh, yeah, like Julio Jones' hamstring injury. I mean, it's, 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 that there's come on, that's just an excuse. Um, Probably going to get a lot of heat for this, even though he's uh, he's not the problem. Um, I hope he doesn't lose his job because uh, because of this because of this loss here. Um, he just CD Lamb, you know, he 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 played great. Uh, he he put the Cowboys in, into position to win the game. Uh, he led his I mean he led his team in receiving. Um, you know, he fit ahead of Amari Cooper. That that was surprising to me. Um, so, um, it, you know, but I see this Cowboys team. I mean, it's, it still reminds me of the same, same team from last year. It's just uh, the only difference is um, a new 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 coach. But um, yeah, you know what? Yeah, like when when they were trailing by fifteen points. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking maybe Jason Garrett wasn't really the problem, uh, but you know, but that may come back um, if if 
that may come back. So let's stay tuned. Yes, but I feel like McCarthy's a better fit in Dallas than Garrett is. Oh, yeah. So, CJ, uh, sorry you cut out here. So, tell me your thoughts on this uh, Atlanta Falcons choking to Dallas. really crazy. Uh, I thought the game was over, you know, especially when it was uh, 39-30. Um, I was like, yeah, this is done. You know, they got this in the bag, and then I saw Zerline with that, you know, unusual onside kick, and you see the Atlanta hands team, they're just looking at the ball, go past the 10-yard mark, and nobody jumps on it. Uh, it's just bad coaching. I think it's time for Dan Quinn to definitely uh, – Yeah, I mean, you know, Atlanta is just known to cur- to play like that in the second half. So, I mean, that was like one of the most shocking games we saw here. So, with that being said, also, let's talk about some injury notes to pass along. So, Saquon Barkley out for the season with a torn ACL. The mo- Most of the 49ers are hurt. So, basically, we don't know if their team is going to be in full strength at, at this, throughout the season. But I'm going to start with Kenny on this one. So, who do you think on the 49ers is a bigger loss, Nick Bosa or Solomon Thomas? Uh, it's Nick Bosa. Nick, Nick Bosa is their, is their best player. Um, I mean, and their best pass rusher. So, uh, it, you know, you know, that's going to, you know, that hurts, that hurts even more. If he, if if you ask Vince the same question, he, I I'm pretty sure he's gonna give you the same answer. Yeah, I mean losing Nick Bosa is such a big blow to the 49ers, but Jimmy Garoppolo is not even starting against the New York Giants this week. So basically, the Niners have filed a complaint on the field conditions at MetLife Stadium. So so Kenny, what did you think about that? Uh, well, they're playing the good thing they're playing the Jets. So, um, uh, as, as long, I mean, uh, in the long run, I, I, I don't know how, how it's going to affect them. I mean, probably they're, um, they're going to, they're probably going to struggle like they did a couple years ago when Jimmy Garoppolo, um, you know, we, we, we're, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to need Nate Mullen to like, to really step up. Nick Mullins is a solid backup quarterback, you know. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, so uh, so Big G, what, who do you think is a bigger blow to the Niners' injury problems? Is it Solomon Thomas or Nick Bosa? Oh, Nick Bosa without a question. Uh, the injuries to an opposing team, especially somebody in your division, a rival team, it's hard to talk about because you don't want to sound happy because you're never happy when somebody's injured. But let me tell you, I'm not sad that he won't be on the field. I'm not uh, overly upset that he won't be on the field to play us uh, whenever we go to play the 49ers twice this year. Uh, so I think that and the fact that uh, Solomon Thomas, I, I can't remember exactly, but I can't remember if he's going to be coming back shortly or not. But I know Nick Bosa for a fact is not coming back. So that's a big blow that he's not for sure or he's for sure not coming back. Um, so yeah, Nick, Nick Bosa without a question is the biggest, biggest loss. Very big loss. That's for sure. And CJ, do you think that's a big blow to the Niners after the Niners beat the Jets? I mean, it's the Jets. So, I mean, the Niners 
beat them easily. But do you think they're going to beat the, Gi- the the Giants without some of their key guys? But if they get George Kittle and some of those guys back, I think the Niners will be still in good shape. Yeah, it was a huge loss. Susan Bosa and Thomas, definitely two guys in the front line. But hopefully guys like, uh, you know, Kinlaw can step up and, and kind of, you know, he's going to have to step up and, and produce on that D-line and be disruptive. Uh, you know, will they beat the Giants? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, like I said, uh, you know, both New York teams are definitely, you know, probably 31st and last. And, and, and the NFL is the worst teams in the NFL. So, um, you know, I can, still see, I can still see them beating them, even though I, I don't think Garoppolo is playing as well. So, um, you know, they're going to run the ball. That's, that's what Shanahan does. He likes to run the ball and then work off the play action off the run. So, um, I don't see the Giants being able to stop that on Sunday. You will talk about the Saquon Barkley injuries and the Christian McCaffrey injuries in just a little bit here. So let's let's also talk about our Thursday night pick as tomorrow the J- Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars take on Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Miami Dolphins. So I'm going to go first with this pick. I picked the Jags to beat the Dolphins by three points. Big G, who do you like in, the, in tomorrow's Thursday night game between the Jaguars and the Dolphins? I'm going to go with Minshew Mania stash over beard for the winner of the Florida battle here because I think that their run game as a whole is going to be able to man- help them be able to allow them to manage the clock and the tempo of the game. I don't think that Miami's going to be able to get a run game going after watching the Jaguars hold, you know, King Henry to only 84 yards rushing on on 23 or 25 attempts, might I add. Uh, that so he was those were well earned yards by him. So I don't think that Miami's going to get a run game going, and I don't think there's enough magic in the tank of old Fitz Magic over there uh, to be able to surpass the Jaguars in that aspect. Yup, I mean you're right about that. I mean it's I mean I'm I'm with you on going for Minshew Mania against the Miami Dolphins. So Kenny, let's go with you next. Who do you like between Jacksonville and Miami on, on tomorrow night? Um, I'm going to go with the Jaguars, um, because, you know, the Dolphins and, uh, you know, you know, their defense is very poor. Um, you know, actually, no, not their defense, their their offense, their offense is is very poor. They were outgained, uh, last Sunday. Um, you know, I think, I think if the Dolphins lose this game, I think we're going to see Tua Tunga Valoa um, in, in the following week. It's just uh, I think the Jaguars, you know, you know, you know, they have the running game going. You know, you know, if Gardner Minshew, if he just, you know, keeps pl- if he just keeps playing well, um, you know, you know, I, I think they can win. I don't think the Dolphins will will be will will do enough to win. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the, it's time. It's Tua time already in Miami. Tua should be actually starting by now, but I would have said Tua should have started week one against the Patriots, but they, I understood why they went with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, CJ, I'm going to go with you next. Who do you like in Thursday Night Football between the Jaguars and the Dolphins? Yeah, I'm going with the Jags. I've been uh, really surprised with how the Jags played <clears throat> in these first two weeks. Um, uh, I thought, you know, they were going to, you know, man, not tank, but I just didn't think they had the talent to win enough games. But, uh, you know, they fight hard. You know, I'm not going to give credit to Doug Marone and, and that franchise and that squad. Uh, I'm going with the Jags in this one. The Dolphins, uh, I just, Fitzpatrick uh, just turned the ball over too much uh, for me. And 
I think um, on Thursday night they're going to be able to, you know, maybe establish the, the run game, even though they don't have a guy like Fournette back there. But uh, I think they have Robinson. I think that's what his name is, Joshua Robinson. Uh, he's going to be able to run the ball um, and, and make it difficult for the Dolphins. So, and I think Minshew is just a better quarterback than Fitzpatrick. So, no you're right about that. I mean, Gardner Minshew is definitely the Jaguars definitely found their franchise quarterback in Gardner Minshew. I think the Jets. I would, I would like to see two as well. I would like to see two out there by, by next week or maybe in the second half. Of we'll the have week. to wait and see. Uh, I don't know about uh, franchise quarterback. Um, I I still think they're going to tank for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Gardner Minshew. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. Gar- I still think the Jaguars are going to tank for Trevor Lawrence. I was saying the Jaguars found their 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 guy in Gardner Minshew. I feel like they have. I can uh, I can back that Loro. I think that he's I mean maybe not a long term franchise quarterback, but definitely for the next four or five years, I think he could be the spot. And especially if you put somebody around him, he's proven. If you give some some weapons to work with, he's he's good. I mean they're running for a hundred yards. They got DJ Chark over here. Give him another wide receiver, another tight end. I think that that would I think that that would solidify him there. I, I do think though that passing on Trevor Lawrence will be rough. I think, though, if they play it smart, they can do some stuff, trade to somebody, get some weapons for him, and get some later picks or, you know, a couple first-round picks together or something to for somebody to move up to get Trevor Lawrence. But I would be sticking with Gardner Minshew, especially if you don't have to pay him a lot so you can spread the wealth of that and get him some weapons in there. Yeah, I think the, the Jaguars have found that. I really think, in my opinion, that the Jaguars have found their guy in Gardner Minshew. I don't see them tanking for Trevor Lawrence. But it's too early to talk about who's going to be tanking for Trevor Lawrence. Let's save that conversation till later in the season, guys. So, Kenny, you're, so Kenny, you don't think that Minshew's the long-term guy for Jacksonville? I think he is. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I, I think he's a, um, a solid starter, but I just don't see him as a long-term guy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you never know, Kenny. I mean, he can really show you that on Thursday night. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So well, let's, yeah, we'll talk about this later in the season. Yeah, I mean, it's too early to talking about who's tanking yeah. for Trevor Lawrence. I just want to see. I'll just talk. We'll just talk about that whenever which, which team has the worst record by November or early December. When we get, I mean, we got to get. Trevor. We got to get Trevor Lawrence on the field. Let's start there. Let's <laughs> play the game. We got to get Trevor Lawrence on the field first. <laughs> yeah, I'm an NFL field first. That's for sure. So, with that being said, let's talk about Sunday Night Football Battle of the Legends. So, the Green Bay Packers are taking on the New Orleans Saints. So, I'm going to go first with this pick. I picked the New Orleans Saints to beat the Green Bay Packers by a field goal again. I think it's going to come down to the leg of Will Lutz. And I think Drew Brees is going to bounce back in a big way. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play well, too. But I would not be shocked if the Packers won. But I just feel like that Drew – I think that Drew Brees is – I think Drew Brees is going to beat Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. What do you think, uh, Big G? Who do you have in in Sunday Night Football between the Saints and the Packers? It depends on what Saints show up. I mean, you can say that for any game, for any team at any point in time. But – that being said, if the Saints show up that showed up in Las Vegas, 10 penalties, that's not going to work with Aaron Rodgers. 10 penalties is not going to fly with Aaron Rodgers. He's going to end up, you know, tearing you apart. You can't give him those opportunities like they gave the Raiders the same opportunities, as well as the other big factor that's going to determine if Michael Thomas is going to be back. Michael Thomas was gone. That's a huge impact. 
That means the next person up can be double teamed or they can single team around and not have to double team anybody. So those are going to be big, uh, big ticket items right there for the Saints if they're going to win or not. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, just going off of Michael Thomas not playing, I'm going to pick the Green Bay Packers over the Saints by three points. Yeah, I mean, it could go either way. So what about you, Kenny? Who do you like between the Saints and the Packers? Uh, I'm going to go with the Packers in, the, in, the, in a very tight battle, in a very close um, one. Um, as long as Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is in his MVP form, um, I, I, I think they're going to win this game. Um, you know, I th- without Michael Thomas out there, I, I mean, I, I just don't see um, Drew Brees spreading the ball around. Uh, so, um, so I, I'm going to go with the uh, Packers. I'm going to go with the Packers. Ah, oh, that wouldn't be shocked if the Packers won. I mean, I'm going to underestimate Aaron Rodgers. So that being said, let's go to CJ next. Who do you like between the Battle of the Legends? Between Rodgers and Breeze. Who do you like in this game and why? Uh, CJ. CJ, are you there? Oh, so sorry about that. We'll get CJ up here in just a minute. So we're going to go ahead and talk about Monday Night Football next. So I'm going to start with Big G in this one. So I'm going to go first in this pick. I have the Chiefs by a field goal over the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, I think it's this game's going to remind me of when the Saints, you know, when the Chiefs played the Rams back in L.A. when it was when they scored over 50 points. I could really expect that type of game on Monday night in, in Baltimore between the Chiefs and the Ravens. So I'm going to go – so. So, we'll we'll put that on hold in just a minute. So I'm going to go to CJ next. Talk about who do you like between Rodgers versus Breeze? Who do you pick, CJ? Yeah, sorry about that. I couldn't hear you guys. Um, yeah, I'm going. I'm going with Green Bay. I think. Uh, I mean, I just, I just don't, I just don't know what. I don't know what's going on with the Saints right now. Obviously, losing Mike Thomas, that's a big loss. I mean, in that Monday night game, you know, they just kind of look flat on offense. Um, defense, you know, they're always, you know, they have some really good players, but uh, it's going to be tough to stop Aaron Rodgers. Devontae uh, Adams, it's looking, you know, looking to me, looking like the you know, best wide receiver in the game right now, um, right there with D Hop. So uh, Aaron Jones looking like, you know, the best running back. Uh, you know, just look at the numbers that he's putting up uh, right now under this Matt Floor offense. Uh, he's playing extremely well, and you have a guy that, you know, you're having an elite running back. Uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to play in the box against, against those speedy receivers that they have in the guard and then all this handling? It's going to be tough for the defenses to stop. Actually, so, guys, I want to get you your know, thoughts on this. So, you know, kind of flat. So, on NBC, Sunday Night Football. So, Al Michaels is not going to be calling this game. It's going to be Mike Tirico with Chris Collinsworth. So, what do you guys think about that? about Al Michaels kind of scaling back on his workload so that Mike Tirico can get some more primetime games in. I'm going to start with you, Kenny, on this one. Um, you know, to, to be honest, um, you know, I, I like listening to uh, Al Michaels. You know, he's a legend. Um, you know, you know, I was, I was really, I was never really, I was never a fan of Mike Tirico. Um, listen, I mean, I remember what, listening to him on Monday Night Football games. Um, you know, and maybe it's just, uh, you know, I think this will be, you know, a, a great opportunity for Mike Tirico to call, 
to call the, in the Sunday night football game, but um, but I, I, I'm I'm an old school guy, so I mean I, I love listening to Al Michaels. I am too. I, I think Al Michaels is a great announcer, but yeah. I feel, but I feel, but he, eventually he's gonna have to hang up his microphone at some day. But I think he's just cutting down on his travel schedule just because he's seventy five years old, and yeah. I and I think that you know I feel like that it, it's probably. The, be- the best it's probably what's best for him but i prefer him calling sunday night football uh-huh. games as long as he can yeah yeah sunday night football i mean it's gonna be different without um when my when when al michaels retires yeah and uh, i i and then also what do you think of chris and also chris collinsworth is is pretty good but he's okay yeah yeah i i think i i think i think nbc should uh Find a replacement for Chris Chris Collinsworth. What about you, Big G? What do you think about Mike Tirico calling some primetime games now, starting to kind of get his feet wet on Sunday night on the Sunday night football play by play microphone? Listen, now here's a guy uh, who can really announce a game. Okay, uh, sorry, I had to make that joke while I was in there. Uh, Anyways, I think it's I think it's all right that he's getting his feet wet. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of Al Michaels uh, getting out of there, but I mean, if that's what you got to do for your health, man, that's what you got to do. Uh, I'm I'm never gonna tell you to put health or put your 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 just uh, your your dreams. I guess don't put your health in, in or don't put your dreams uh, don't put your health at ease. Sorry for your dreams. Um, I mean, always make sure you're keeping your health because I'm sure he's got family. Uh, you know, grandkids, things like that, that he's got to be living for, you know what I mean? So that makes a ton of sense to me being a family guy that I am. Um, so I get that. And I mean, if you're uh, Mike Trico, you, you should be extremely excited that you're getting this opportunity. Um, again, I, I believe that he should maybe take uh, Chris Collinsworth's job. Uh, not that I don't like hearing him, but he does say, here's a guy a lot. Like we get it. They're all guys. We get it. There is a guy right there. We get that's who you're talking about. Uh, but I mean, that's his sometimes could be repetitive. He can be repetitive. And it, I mean, it's not, it's not anything to do with him. I'm pretty sure now he just does it because that's how you can recognize him. You can say, I don't know his name, but he's the guy that says, Oh, you know, here's a guy. So he, it's, he, he almost probably trademarked that sentence, but I mean, it is what it is. So, and I, and honestly, I don't care what you say to an extent, as long as you're putting something um, good towards uh, something intelligent towards the conversation of the football game that's going on. I, I, I kind of tone out until I hear you start talking about what you're putting into the game that's knowledgeable. And as long as you're knowledgeable and correct with your facts and things of that nature, I'm fine. But the second you start talking like uniforms and weird things like that, nothing that's related to the game that's going on, then I'm going to tone you out completely and probably mute the TV. But that's just me personally. All right. So, CJ, so Al Michaels is off this weekend. So Mike Tirico is going to be calling the game on Sunday for NBC with Chris Collinsworth. So I kind of wish Al Michaels would travel to the Bayou and call that game. But Mike Tirico is actually going to be calling some games for NBC as well. So, are you a fan of Mike Tirico, or do you think Al Michaels should still do this, still do the NBC Sunday Night Football job, and as long as he can? What do you think, CJ? Yeah, Mike Tirico's cool. Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah, Tirico, he's all right. I think um, you know he did a lot of Monday Night Football games uh, back back in the ESPN with John Gruden. 
uh, he's cool. Um, you know, honestly, uh, like everyone said, Al Michaels is a legend. Uh, from the Olympics, all, you know, all different types of, you know, premier sports games, premier sports matchups. So uh, it's going to be tough not to hear him on Sunday night. But uh, I think I think they're I think they're really transitioning to try to get that new voice in there. Uh, could potentially be, you know, I heard talk to Drew Brees potentially being, you know, after he retires, and they take that NBC job. So maybe maybe they're looking at, you know, Tariko and, and Drew later on in the future, three years from now, being uh, the Sunday Night Football crew kind of. So, uh, but yeah, it's tough to not have Al Michaels there. But, um, you know, I've heard I've heard that Tariko and Chris Collins do a couple Thursday Night Football games uh, a few years ago. So it's going to be cool. I mean, I really don't, I really don't. Most of the time, I don't watch football with the sound on, so uh, you know it's not that big of a it's not big it's not that big of a loss to me. For me, I feel like it's watching football with the sound off is a little better, uh, just in terms of watching the whole game. But um, you know, yeah, it's still a big loss, and uh, but we'll see. All right, guys. So that being said, let's talk. The next thing game we're to talk about is Monday our Monday night football picks. So let's talk about who's going to win between the Chiefs or the Ravens. So I said. The Chiefs by a field goal, but I see that being 59-56, Chiefs over the Ravens. So, Kenny, I'm going to go go with you. Go, You're going to go first. I'm going to go to you first to talk about who you like between the Chiefs and the Ravens. Obviously, you know Andy Reid and John Harbaugh know each other well because they were both together. They both worked together on the coaching staff with the Philadelphia Eagles. Who do you like in this game and why? Yeah, um, I like the Chiefs because of two words, Patrick Mahomes. All right. I mean, that's a good answer. What about you, Big G? Who do you like between the Chiefs and the Ravens on Monday Night Football? I think I'm going to pick Baltimore over this one strictly because I feel like they're going to come out and they're going to want to uh, avenge their loss of last year, and they're going to have a little bit bigger of a chip on their shoulder. And, I mean, they've just they you know they've just ran through. They've had no issues up until this point. And, and the Chiefs have had issues, obviously, from last week's game. Obviously, those are going to be corrected. I have no fear that that will be the case. But with no fans, um, I don't think that the that the Chiefs, even with Patrick Mahomes, will be able to overcome this Baltimore team strictly because I think Baltimore's coming in with a chip on their shoulder. And, uh, again, like I said, I think they're going to play a lot harder than uh, people are expecting them to. So I'm going to pick Baltimore by three. And I don't think it's going to be an overly high game. I think it'll be pretty close to the way that the uh, Chiefs-Rams game was, but I don't think it'll surpass those numbers that the Chiefs and the Rams put up two years ago. Absolutely. So with that being said, the next game we're going to talk about next is – so we're going to go with our locks and upsets of week three. So I'm going to go first with my two locks, and then I'll go to, to one of you next. So I have the Patriots over the Raiders in a lock. And I have the Rams over the Bills in an upset. So we're going to talk about we're going to preview both of these games on an upset pick. So let's start with CJ first. I'm going to talk about the Patriots Raider game first, as that's my lock of the week. So CJ, what do you expect from the Patriots to to for, against the Las Vegas Raiders? Do you think the Patriots are going to win by a field goal, or do you think the Raiders are definitely going to come into Foxborough and definitely get revenge since it's John Gruden's first visit to Foxborough since this infamous Tuck Rule game? I think I think New England's gonna win. They have to do it. They have to they have to be able to stop the run, stop John Stevens from getting going. Uh, and they have to be, and somebody needs to be able to, to cover uh, Darren Waller. You know, he's having a, having a great season so far. Looking like a top two, top three tight end right now in the NFL. So 
Um, if you're able to stop those guys, then you have a great, great chance. You know, I didn't like, I didn't like the way our secondary played last, last week against Seattle. Uh, gave up some deep plays with David Moore, DK Metcalf. Uh, lack of communication was led to that swing touchdown from Russell Wilson. So, uh, hopefully they clean some stuff up. Um, I'm just interested to see who they put Waller on. They might put Joe Long Williams on him. And I know he played on Mike Gusecki in, in the first game against the Dolphins um, because of his length and athleticism. So, yeah, he might, he might be able to cover him. Sucks that we don't have Chung, obviously, they usually play tight ends. But, um, but I, think, I think we're going to win this game. You know, I like the way we finished the game against, against Seattle. Um, and now, you know, now you just don't know what we're going to do. You know, in the first game in Miami, we kind of, you know, ran the ball, ran the ball heavy. And then last week, we kind of passed it, passed a little bit more, with more, a little more balance. So, uh, we, we know Belichick is really game by game. Uh, even like, he, he depends on the team. So, he doesn't really just play one way every single week. So, I think um, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how he plays. I think Cam is really developing a, a great relationship with the wide receivers. And uh, I think we're going to come out with the W. Absolutely. So now let's talk about let's talk about my upset pick. It's the Rams over the Bills. So CJ, we'll, we'll get your pick for that in just a minute here. So, um, so with that being said, uh, let's start with from let's go with the Rams' perspective first. Let's go to Big G on this one. So the Rams are playing the Buffalo Bills. I am a big Josh Allen fan. You know, Vince has said that many times. He loves Josh Allen. If he's listening, we're going to talk about what the Rams need to do to slow down Josh Allen and his deep ball throwing ability, which it's going to be hard to slow down, but I feel like that the Rams can do this. It's going to help my Patriots out if the Rams win this game, since the Bills are 2-0. Would like to get some help here so that the Patriots can get back into first place in the AFC East. So, Big G, tell me what you think the Rams need to do to beat Buffalo. Uh, they need to pick their game plan up, and they need to stick with it. And when they get into a groove, they need to stick with the groove. They need to put their foot on the pedal and not stop till you know, till till everything's set, done and over with. Um, that's going to be the key to the game for them: is getting in there, dominating the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and then making sure that the secondary is is ready to go. Um, our defense has never. Um, been the one to shut you down every core, every drive. They're going to weather their storms. They're going to make their corrections on the fly and correct it from there. I think Jalen Ramsey is a big um, help to us because of the fact that he can go man-on-man with their big dudes and their, their big-name receivers and not have any problems with them. So that frees up everybody else to double and help each other out. So with that being said, I think that Josh Allen is not going to have anywhere near the day he did it's, you can't even compare the two teams uh, between Miami and the Rams because the Rams' defense in general is just better um, than Miami's putting out there. So that being said, he's not going to have anywhere near as big of a day, and I don't think that he's going to – to. I, I, I believe the Rams will beat the, the Bills um, with that f- fact of our defense is better. And as long as Jared Goff keeps doing what he's doing when he's supposed to be doing it, then we'll be fine. And like I said, the big thing is it comes down to Sean McVay and getting that, getting in that groove early, sticking with his play calls and not doing anything, trying to do anything fancy or crazy. If it if it scores, then it scores. It doesn't matter how it looks. Just score the points. So, absolutely. So, Kenny, I'm going to go to you next. I'm going to put you on the Bill side of things since you're familiar with Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, because they both were under the Andy Reid coaching tree. So, with that being said, what do you think the Bills have to do? 
to beat the Rams so that they go three and zero. Oh. Do you th- do you think the Bills go three and zero, oh, or do you think the Rams upset the Bills? Um, I think the Rams will upset the Bills because um, you know the Rams. You know they play well uh, on the road, especially in, especially in the East Coast. Um, you know, I think for the Bills, you know, you know to. Um, you know, to improve the three and zero, they they need their defense to respond. To, you know, to, to to a big game as as they win a tough um, to a big game like this one. Um, they're they're gonna have to you know sh- shut down uh, you know the Ram- this Rams offense. Just you know, keep them on the uh, keep them on the sideline. You know, have you know, Josh Allen uh, run uh, play action plays because jo- that's where he. Uh, Josh Allen, you know, that's where he has the most success, you know, in play action. Yeah, I mean, he does have success there. But I feel like that this game could go either way. But I'm just hoping the Rams win so that it helps out my Patriots out, if you know what I mean, Kenny. Yeah, yeah. Um, And also keep in mind, Josh Allen, um, I mean, you know, out of play action, I mean, he's, he's top in the league. In completions and and and, uh, and and passing yards, he had a great game last week. He threw over 400 yards his last game against the Miami Dolphins, which is yeah. which was a which was credit to him and the Bills for winning that football game. But with okay. that being said, I think th- those are my two locks and upsets of the week, guys: the Patriots over the Raiders and the Ram. My pa- the Patriots and Ra- Patriots and Raiders is my lock of the week, and my upset of the week is the Rams over the Bills. So I'm going to start with Big G. Who do you think is your lock and upset for Week Three? So my locks are going to be the 49ers over the Giants, even though the 49ers are injury prone, the Giants are injury prone. I think the 49ers have better backups and they have better uh, players that are going to be uh, taking over the reins um, to on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. And Jimmy Garoppolo still might play. I think they said he was going to miss three to six weeks, but it's up to him because it's just a high ankle sprain. Come on, bud. Rub some dirt on it. Let's go. We got, we got games to play, but anyways, 49ers over the Giants because I think that Saquon Barkley was the only thing working for the Giants, and now that is gone. So I, I'm going to go ahead and say the Giants are going to get the number one pick this year in the draft. I don't see them winning a single game after this. That was all they had going for them. I, don't get me wrong. Danny Dimes is on point, but I just don't think he's got it in him to to win it with Sterling Shepard being out as well. Um, my other lock for the week is the Browns over the Washington uh, I guess you call them the Washington team. Washington now? football team. Uh, yeah, the uh, Washington football team. They, uh, I don't think they're going to have anything going against this this defense who seemed to find their stride last week against the Bengals. So those are my two locks for this week. And my two upsets are the Eagles over the Bengals. Uh, I think they're going to just barely edge them enough to get by to win them. Unfortunately, oh, I'm sorry, correction. The Bengals over the Eagles. That's the way I think Joe Burrow is going to finally get his first win right there. Uh, and also, my other one is the Raiders over the Pats. Uh, I think that the Raiders are gonna gonna walk into to Foxborough, and I think they're gonna uh, play the way they've been playing. And, and let me tell you, the thing that that's got me getting the Raiders over the Pats is um, the Raiders want it. I mean, if you watch that game against uh, the the Raiders and the Saints, they just wanted it more. They were they were flying around, they were pinning their ears back, they were hitting hard, they were you know driving piles. I think that is what is going to surpass the Pats because they want it more than the Pats do. Are you just saying that because you're trying to disappoint me? Because you know, Big G, I'm a Patriots fan myself. 
Listen, I do have an extreme hatred since 2000 for the Patriots. So, I mean, I'm going to root against the Patriots any chance I get. But, no, that's not why I'm specifically doing it. Oh, okay, just wondering here. So, Kenny, what are your locks and upsets of week three? All right, I'll start with start with my locks. Um, I'm going to go with the Steelers over the um, Texans because um, because the Steelers, you know, you know, they're on the right track, and after winning um, their after a two and zero start, um, I just don't see you know the Texans um, you know beating the Steelers team because uh, you know because they have de- defensive issues that Ben Roethlisberger will exploit. And um, my second lock is the Chargers over the Panthers because the Panthers will be without Christian McCaffrey. So um, that's going to put a lot of pressure on Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I do not see him um, going off in that game. Uh, I think in, in Justin Herbert will get his first win um, there. And my thir- my third lock is the Cardinals over the Lions. I mean, the Lions are just garbage. Um, the Cardinals are off to a great start. It should be an easy win for them. And and Kyler Murray is the reason why uh, the Cardinals are off are are, are red hot right now. But this should, yeah, this should be an easy win for the Cardinals uh, and Cliff Kingsbury. All right. So my upset pick. Um, I already talked about the Rams over the Bills. And my other upset pick is um, the Vikings over the Titans. Um, I think the Vikings will bounce back and get their first win here. Um, you know, they with the defense struggling. You know, I just I, I don't see the Vikings going zero and three. Yeah, I mean, I don't see the Vikings going zero and three either. So, Kenny, I forgot to ask this question to you: Who do you pick between the Raiders and the Patriots? Um. As, uh, this is a tough one. Um, I'm probably going to go with the Raiders by by a point. Um, you know, the Raiders they have been impressive, but this is a tough tough road game for the um, for the Raiders. Um, and you know, their defense you know concerns me a, a bit. And, and pl- so, you know, they're going uh, going up against the you know. A, 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 a tough Patriots offense, so I think the Patriots will pull out of uh, pull, pull pull out of pull out of this late, late in the fourth quarter. So you think Las Vegas, the Raiders, win by a point over my no, no, team? No, I said the uh, Patri- uh, Patriots will come out of a uh, come out of a close one. So you think my, you think my team wins over the Raiders? Yeah. Because uh, I just don't see the Raiders losing back-to-back. I mean, not the Raiders. Um, the Patriots lo- losing back-to-back games. I don't either. If they do, I mean, I would be disappointed. I mean, we need to win this game because we have to. Ha- we need to make sure we get ready to play Kansas City next week. That's going to be another hard test we have. Yeah. You know. So we'll talk about that game next week. So CJ, what about your locks and upsets of the week? Yeah, my locks are uh, Colts over the Jets. Uh, and, uh, 49ers, 49ers on the Giants, for sure. And my last lock is uh... – Okay, so see. Yeah, that's really it. That's really it. Those, those are my – Yeah, and then what about your upset picks? Hello? 
Yeah, yeah. My upset, my upset picks are I'm, I'm taking Dallas over Seattle. Um, even though I know it's in Seattle, um, I think uh, I think the Cowboys are going to come out play inspired ball. Um, Seattle's defense isn't that great. Uh, you can take some things from that picture game. You know, we did throw the ball successfully in that game. Cam had almost 400 yards passing, so um, I think he's going to throw. I think you know with Dak and those weapons and uh, Zeke and man in the backfield. Uh, they have the weapons and they have the talent on, on that side of the ball to be able to make it make it a shootout. And I think they're just going to make enough plays uh, than Seattle and, and get the upset. Uh, All right, so we'll be talk- we'll be running through our week three picks right now. So let's start with Texan Steelers. I'm going to go with I'm going to start with Big G first. I'm going to go with uh, what you call this. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers because I think Houston needs to win this game. They need to get their season back on track. And I think that this is their game to do it. What about you, Big G? I think the Steelers are going to take this one. Uh, just because of the way their defense have played, defense defense has played, I think that in itself is going to be able to um, surpass them. Plus, you got Big Ben healthy. You got Juju Smith-Schuster healthy. You got James Conner semi-healthy, but healthy enough to still produce. I think that all a healthy offensive line, um, I think that being said, that they will surpass. I don't think it'll be a huge blowout, maybe 10 points, but I do think that the Steelers are going to surpass the Texans um, because I don't think – I know that the Steelers haven't played very hard teams, but the way their defenses have played against the very uh, – the, the bottom teams, the bottom feeder teams, as you will, um, they just, I mean, annihilated them. It wasn't even a competition. So I think it'll be a close game, but I think the Steelers will eventually come through with it. All right, so, CJ, who do you like between the Houston Texans over the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, I'm rolling with the Steelers. I think they have a better defense. Uh, we're going to make it tough for Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, offensive line is still struggling. And uh, I think it's going to be a, a fairly close game. I think they might win by a touchdown or so. Um, but uh, I'm rolling with Pittsburgh. Yeah, you, you could be right about that. That's for sure. So, let's go with – let's talk about the Bengals over the Eagles. So, I'm going to pick the Bengals in an upset, just like you, Big G. You have that as an upset pick, right? Yeah, correct. I do. And let's talk about. And let's go to CJ next. So, who do you like between the Bengals and the Eagles? I say, I say, Cincy. Who do you like in this game, and why? CJ, are you there? CJ, are you there? Who do you like between Cincinnati and uh, and uh, and and Philadelphia? Uh, we'll get back to him shortly. So let's go with Big G. Back to Big G. Who do you like between the 49ers over the Giants? I pick San Francisco. I, yeah, I San put Francisco. the yeah I put the 49ers over the Giants in my lock pick uh, because, like I said, I think their backups are going to be able to surpass the Giants' backups. Um, and I think Saquon Barkley is just too big of a hit for the Giants to to overcome that. What about you, CJ? What who do you like in this game? Who do you like in this game, CJ? Who do you like in this game, CJ? All right, so we're dealing some technical issues with CJ. So let's continue on. So who do you like, Big G, between the Titans over the Vikings? 
I think the Titans are going to take this one. I don't, I don't see that Vikings defense took a big hit over the, the off season, losing a good portion of their secondary. And then on top of that, Anthony Barr is injured and might not be playing as well. They're, they're one of their primary backers, uh, their secondary. And let me correct myself. Their secondary and their defensive front took a pretty big hit in the offseason. So there's not very many big names up there like they had before. Uh, that's going to make it real hard for them to stop Derrick Henry, which is going to make it real hard for them to be able to slow down that offense. And plus, even when Derrick Henry got slowed down, Ryan Tannehill looked great last week coming back and taking the reins when Henry was having a problem get started. So I think that the Titans are going to go away, and I think Minnesota is going to go 0-3. All right. So that being said uh... – so that being said, let's talk about – so, CJ, can you hear me now? Who do you like yeah. between the Titans over the Vikings? Yeah, I'm rolling with, I'm rolling with Minnesota. I think uh, they're going to do a good job of uh, running the ball, even though Henry didn't, play, didn't have a great game last week. But I think he gets it, he gets it back going um, in this game. You know, Kirk Cousins just uh, – always said he was, he was a little overrated. And, um, you know, that really showed against the Colts. And I think, you know, with, with the way Tennessee plays defense, they're going to make it tough for them again. So, we're with Tennessee. And then also, what? who do you pick between the Bengals over the Eagles? And who do you also pick between the 49ers and the Giants? Oh, uh, yeah, 49ers and Giants, that was my lock. So, I got I got San Fran in that one. And then for uh, Cincy and Philadelphia, uh, I'm rolling with the Eagles. I think they I think they get their first W of the season. Um, I know Joe Bro Joe Bro's been playing really well. Um, but... I just think Philly, they have to get it going now, um, especially if especially if a team like Seattle is able to. I mean, especially if Dallas is able to beat Seattle, you know, that'd be a big a big win in terms of that division. It, it... All right, so Big G, you, division, so I'm going with Philly, you yeah, had the Browns over Washington football team as a lock, right? Correct. And I have the Browns beating the Washington football team as well. I call the Cleveland Browns the greatest team on paper. I think they are, but I feel like that last year they weren't so good with Freddie sure. Kitchens. I think they're better with Kevin Stefanski as their head coach. So, CJ, who do you like between the Browns over the Washington football team? Yeah, I'm rolling with the Browns as well, three for three. Uh, you know, they run the ball really well. If they're able to just give uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb the ball, it's going to be tough. Even though that defensive line over there in Washington is really tough, it's, it's very formidable. But I think um, if they're able to establish the run and work off that play action, give the guys like OBJ and Landry, it's going to be an easy game for, for Cleveland. I have a question for you guys regarding the Cleveland Browns. Is Kevin Stefanski a better coach than Freddie Kitchens? Big G, give me your input on that. I think this falls to Baker Mayfield. I, I wouldn't even blame any of, the, any of the coaches. I'm never the one to blame a coach whenever it comes down to it. And I hate that coaches get fired. Uh, due to the fact of a losing record. I think that's that's kind of messed up. And I think it's messed up, too, that, you know, uh, quarterbacks and them get fired uh, when uh, offensive line just is the problem. So I, I wouldn't blame either one of the coaches. I think both coaches are decent. I think both coaches could fit that the that team. I, I blame Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield's a problem in, 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 in Cleveland. Let's see how he does this year. I really think so far he's – he had a bad first game, but I really feel like that he's going to pick it up throughout the season. He had a bad first game, and then they just took him out of the game in the second one by running the ball so much. So, I mean, it's hard to tell after the first two weeks when you've only really thrown for the, the one game. Uh, and, I mean, it was a god-awful performance, but uh, it's, it is hard to make that determination when you've only played one game. 
um, in that situation. So I'm, I'm looking here and it, he only threw for, I mean, 200, he was only, he was 16 for 23 with 219 yards. But if you look at it, the game was really won by the rushing cause they had, you know, uh, a combined 200 and, uh, 210, 220 yards altogether. So I think that's what really, you know, solidified it. All right. So CJ, uh, what about you? Who do you, do you think Kevin Stefanski is a better head coach in Cleveland than uh, Freddie Kitchens was? Yeah, I think I think he is. Uh, Kitchens, like like like, uh, big, like you just said, I think uh, they really failed to run the ball last year. Even though Nick Chubb had a big year, just a certain moment. offense coming from last year from Minnesota, how much they gave down and took the ball, which led to a lot of success for that uh, Vikings offense. And now you see them struggling now. Um, and, and a bit, he's, he's taking the ball out of Baker's hands, not having him throw the ball 40 times. Uh, you know, minimizing the throws, running the ball, being able to control the clock, and uh, having him roll out a little bit more. Use, use a little bit of his athleticism to make some plays. Uh, Freddie Kitchens, I mean, what is, what is he doing right now? I don't think he's I don't think he's coaching anywhere in the NFL. I may be wrong, but uh, as an assistant coach or anything like that. So, um, you know, I think he, I think he may have just have to, you know, get back to the drawing board. But I, I like Stefanski coming from that Gary Kubiak system, and uh, I think, I think it will, I think it'll work well. Yeah, I think it'll work well too. So, with that being said, I'm going to go first with my next pick. I got the Atlanta Falcons beating the Chicago Bears. And I think the Atlanta Falcons need to get their season on track. I think this is a good win. This will be a much needed win for the Atlanta Falcons. What about you, Big G? I agree. I think Mitchell Trubisky is just too big of a dumpster fire uh, for anybody to contain. Uh, it's just he just I, I I don't even know where to begin to to put out how I hate I, I shouldn't say hate I very much dislike having to to watch and to talk about how bad of a performance he does week in and week out. Um, as you know, I'm very hard on these players as a whole, but I'm very hard on quarterbacks as uh, specifically. And if we ever have to talk about an offensive line, I will be as doubly hard on them as I am anybody else. But I think the fact that, you know, he's so bad that it's it's going to over over smell, I guess you could say, the fact that Atlanta could choke in this game as well because the Chicago defense isn't, isn't – uh, uh, a terrible defense. They lost a couple of solid pieces uh, who happened to go to the Rams uh, in that aspect, but they lost some pieces, but they still have a good defense. The only thing keeping these guys offensively in the game is a halfway decent running game. So, I mean, maybe Trubisky got hit in the head this week and he realized he remembered how to play football. I don't know, but as of right now, I think Atlanta is going to run away with it fairly easily. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, they should run away with it, but I I won't underestimate the Bears' offense. I mean, I mean Trubisky played well in his first game, but I'm not really confident in Mitchell Trubisky. I'm sure any Chicago Bear fans want to tank Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to want – I mean, a, I think a literal trash can would be just as good uh, out there with competing with Trubisky. So I think it's – I think that's where we're at with this situation. I mean, their defense is fine. I mean, I'm not worried about their defense. Oh, if you're ever worried about a Chicago Bears defense, then I don't know if you actually watch football or not because their defense is always stout. So, I mean, since probably I wasn't even alive, but 85 is when they started a stout de- – or probably Mike Ditka is when they started a stout defense, and they've just kept it that way ever since. So, 
I mean, you never have to worry about the Chicago Bears defense. All right. So, CJ, who do you like between the Atlanta Falcons and the Chicago Bears? Man, I mean, <laughs> uh, I'll go with the Falcons, man. But, you know, just the way they choked on Sunday is barely, barely. Um, I just think, uh, again, Trubisky is just, you know, they've been playing well. They're 2-0. Um, they're able to run the ball. I think they're going to be I think they'll be able to win the game. But uh, Trubisky's known for just turning the ball over. I think the Falcons, they, they got to they gotta get out of this funk, man. They have to be able to, to show that they're, you know, make, they're a competitive football team. Um, so I got, I, got a, I got Atlanta in a close one, but I don't think it's going to be a pretty game. All right. So with that being said, now let's go on and, and talk about uh, – Let's talk about uh, what you call this. Who is going to uh, let's talk about who's going to win between the Los Angeles Chargers over the Carolina Panthers. I picked the Chargers to win this game. I mean, the Panthers are going to be without Christian McCaffrey for quite some time. And I do think the Chargers should blow him out. But I'm not going to underestimate Teddy Bridgewater, though. He can get hot at certain times. I mean, he's going to be throwing the ball to Robbie Anderson and, and some of his playmaking receivers. So, with, with also Kurt Samuel, and uh, I'm also going to look at their roster right now to see who they have to throw the ball, DJ Moore and uh, and Curtis Samuel. So those are two good receivers there, but Christian McCaffrey is such a big blow. So, Big G, who do you like between Carolina and the Panthers, the, the Carolina and the Chargers? I'm going to take the Chargers specifically because of that defense. Yeah, I know they came out and showed out against the Chiefs, and I think they can do it again. That being said, I think they're going to have a plenty of – they're going to be able to scoot back. They're not going to have to stack eight in the box because Christian McCaffrey's not there. So you don't have a run game. As of right now, they could have an extravagant backup, but I, I doubt it. It very well could be. So you can't count them out for that aspect. But I am saying that the defensive front, I believe, will be able to handle whoever they put in there as a secondary person. So they're going to be able to scoop back. They're going to be able to do a lot more with their coverages. And that's where their focus, I believe, should be in this aspect because they're not going to be able to successfully run the ball. So I'm picking the Chargers. Plus, if I'm the coach for the Chargers, I'm setting Teddy Bridgewater one more week to make sure that his lung is ready to go. And this will be a good practice game for for Herbert to come in and be able to, I, I feel, handily – handily beat the the Panthers by I mean 15 15 points and up I mean just I, I don't I don't see any reason why the Chargers can't go out there and do that no you're absolutely right no excuses for the Chargers there what about you CJ yeah I'm rolling with Los Angeles as well um, you know no McCaffrey that's huge uh just don't know what, what you know who they're gonna who's gonna be that guy in the backfield to step up for them We'll find out on Sunday, but uh, the Chargers do have the defense to be able to offset that. You know, they have two stars on, on the end and Ingram and Bosa, so they're going to they're be they're going to be in uh, in the backfield all day. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm rolling with I'm rolling with the Chargers. I think Herbert uh, just continues to play well off, the, off this game that he, that he had on Sunday, and um, uh, yeah, I, I just don't see how how Carolina gets a, gets a W. All right. So that being said, uh, let's talk about. Who's going to win between the Colts over the Jets? I think the Colts are going to easily beat the Jets. What about you, Big G? Yeah, without a doubt. Even without Paris Campbell, I think that the the Colts will easily be able to surpass the Jets. Um, Sam Darnold's looking okay, but again, that he, they took a they took a pretty good loss in losing Robbie Anderson in the in the off season. 
So that was a pretty big hit for them. But again, I mean, you got a Hall of Famer on the other side you're going to be playing against in Phillip Rivers. So uh, I don't see any reason why the Colts can't go in there and just straight demolish uh, the hopes and dreams of every Jets team, uh, every player and and fan. There's no reason why that can't happen. What about you, CJ? Who do you like between Phillip Rivers and the Jets between against Sam Darnold and the and the and the Jets? Yeah, roll over Indianapolis is one of my locks of the other week. Uh, yeah, they just, I just, <laughs> the Jets just don't look good, man. Uh, they're gonna struggle this entire year, and uh, just coming off the coming off the game that they had against Minnesota, I think Indiana, uh, Indianapolis can keep it going, and uh, they just get this W, man. Uh, the Jets. All right. Now, that being said, so, CJ, you have the Cowboys over the Seahawks in an upset, right? I have the Seahawks winning, actually. I think they're, I think Russell Wilson's too good. The Seahawks offense is too good. And I think that the Cowboys defense might not be enough to keep up with the Seahawks, Seahawks offense because the Cowboys defense is kind of iffy at times. What about you, Big G? Who do you like between the Seahawks over the Cowboys? I agree. I think the Seahawks are going to take this one. Uh, I wouldn't say handily, but definitely around 10-point area. Uh, they'll keep it far enough out of reach to to keep it a game, but I don't think they'll just completely run away with it. Now, if they try to show up in, in against Seattle um, playing the way they did against Atlanta in the first half and having, I believe, three, three lost fumbles. You can't do that. Three lost fumbles. You can't do that in the NFC West anywhere, uh, much less playing Seattle because Russell Wilson's going to score on every drive, if not close to every drive. And I think with the def- with the injuries that they have, the defense with Fonder Esch being out, I think that's a huge hit for them. Um, and I don't know exactly if the uh, if Diggs is going to be back to play that safety area, but you're going against a fully healthy uh, uh, Seahawks defense. So I don't I don't foresee the Cowboys being able to move the ball very much, maybe in the run game a little bit. But that's even a stretch with Bobby Wagner up there. I mean, the only spot the Seattle is weak is their defensive front because they don't have any big-name defensive front guys like they had in the past. So I think that, uh, that being said, Seattle is going to be able to take away with it around 10 points. All right. Now that being said, let's go to see let's, – so let's also talk about the Buccaneers over the Broncos. So I'm going to go first. I have the Buccaneers beating the, over the Broncos by a mile because – Without Drew Locke, the Broncos' offense is nowhere. And, I mean, I don't know if Blake Bortles is going to be their savior for that, but let's see what happens. I mean, Jeff Driscoll looked okay in his in, in, in relief for Drew Locke, but I think Drew Locke's the bigger blow to the Denver Broncos. So, CJ, you and I both love Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. We love what Bruce Aarons is doing down in Tampa. No risk it, no biscuit. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win over the Broncos. What about you, CJ? Who do you like in this game? Do you, do you think – the, do you think Brady and the and the Buccaneers uh, manhandle Denver? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm running with Tampa Bay. Not not having Locke, uh, losing Sutton for the year with the ACL. Well, Drew Locke's not uh, out for the year. He's only out for multiple weeks. No, no, I'm talking about uh, Cortland Sutton. No, I, I I thought you said Drew Locke, or you were talking about Cortland Sutton. Sutton. Yeah, yeah, I was talking about Sutton. Yeah, yeah, Sutton. Yeah, uh, I know the Locks are supposed to be out for three to five weeks. They picked up Bortles, but you know we know what Bortles is. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with him. So, you think? Uh, do you think? Uh, um, do you think? Even though that Cortland Sutton is out, do you think Jerry Judy's going to step up big time? I really am. I really like Jerry Judy, though. 
Yeah, he's, he's gonna he's gonna step up. He's gonna have good games, but now they're gonna. Double oh yeah, I think Denver's gonna be running the ball more now. But I really think Denver's gonna be good within the yeah. next two to three years. But I don't think they're there yet. But I think their yeah, offense yeah, is I getting better. But I think their defense, when healthy, is elite. For sure. They're also losing yes, Von losing Von Miller is such a blow to the Denver Broncos defense. But I think they're going to be a fun team to watch within the next two to three years, though. But I'm not blaming Vic Fangio for all, yeah, this, for sure. for all this debacle, you know. Yeah, no, you can't. I mean, injuries. Are yeah, you, you can't, can't control, control injuries. injuries. It's not really his fault, though. But I do, I do think, right, exactly. like CJ, I do think Vic Fangio is the right fit for the Denver Broncos as their head coach. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this is year two. Uh, last year, you know, there were some games where they could have won that were really close. But, um, but yeah, I mean, again, with this year being so, with that being so injury plagued. Probably get another year to kind of prove. Do you uh, think he's their guy? I think he's their guy. I mean, I, I think so. I think so. Um, again, like, uh, it's just, it's tough to really say. Yeah, because right of now. the injuries and all that. It's really tough to say. But Vic Fangio can't really control that. But he's, he's right for, he's like, he's the right person to help the, make the Broncos an elite defense, which I think he can, you know? Exactly, yeah. Coming from what he did in Chicago. Yeah, he's a great defensive coach, you know. What about you, Big G? Who do you like between Denver and Tampa Bay? I think if last week's if week two Tampa Bay shows up, of course it'll be, you know, a blowout by a mile. I think if week one Tampa Bay Buccaneers show up, then yeah, we might have a little bit of a contest on our hands. I still think they're gonna take it though. Uh, because you have, you know, I mean, Hall of Famers everywhere on that field, and that defense is stout. Uh, and I do think that uh, this Denver offense has taken a huge blow in losing Drew Locke. You know, I'm a huge Mizzou fan, uh, and I love seeing him actually getting a start and how much he's changed since college to now. He, he's progressed so much uh, with throwing the ball. And I, I don't know if necessarily Corlin Sutton's a huge he's loss. Don't get me wrong. such a huge loss yeah. to – I think it's a big loss, but if you look really, uh, Noah Fant's their go-to guy, especially when you're down in the red zone. Um, so I, I don't know how that loss will affect them with Noah Fant we'll still playing. I'll, I'll be watching that game on Sunday after the Patriots game, so I'll be definitely be keeping an eye out on what Denver's going to be like. This is going to be a battle of head coaches that were rookies in their 60s. How funny is that? <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, I think that, you know, I think, like I said, Buccaneers will take it. Um, that being said, like I said, they, I think G- Jerry Judy, he's ready to be pro uh, receiver, potentially number one receiver. Uh, most of your rookies coming out this year have been ready to be number one and have shown they're ready to be number one receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, whatever the case may be. So I think he'll be able to step up to the plate and, and, and do what he needs to do. So you think Vic Fangio is the right coach for the Denver Broncos? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that 100%. I think he what he's doing there in Denver is really good. Uh, and I don't know if he's had any help in developing Drew Locke or not, but I it mean, seems he the plays – I mean, he has a good offensive coordinator in Pat Shermer, but 
I don't think the injuries that have been going on in Denver, it's not really his fault, though. I mean, he can't really control that. I do think, however, Denver is – I think Vic Fangio is going to make this Denver Broncos team a really, really fun team to watch. And I think their defense is going to be elite because of Fangio and how and what his style is defensively. Because Vic Fangio is a coach that builds intense but hard-nosed defenses. The key to getting this Denver team on track is getting Melvin Gordon to run the ball and getting Melvin Gordon on track and having a healthy defense for them to use. Those are your two big uh, contributors. Is what I said about Vic Fangio building elite defenses. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That's that's why the second thing was to get a, a healthy defense. I think if they're healthy and Von Miller's out there taking up two and three blocks. I think that, you know, they're competing a little bit better. So, yeah, I think that I agree with you. Yeah, without Von Miller, where would this Denver Broncos defense be without Von Miller? He's one of my favorite players on this Broncos team. But also, Bradley Chubb is back. But I wonder if he if he's enough to, to help step. Do you, I think Bradley Chubb is going to step up big time. I think Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are a really good combination on the front line of the defense when healthy. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And I think you got to have uh, one to, to complement the other, uh, you, you know, to, to make that defense its solid form so that your cornerbacks and stuff don't have to work as much. So, yeah, I agree with that 100%. I'm talking about, like, Denver's defense being really good when they have a healthy Von Miller. But their offense is going to be really good as when, when Drew Locke comes back. I think their offense will be really good when Drew Locke comes back and when Melvin – I'm very disappointed more Melvin Gordon. No, I think I'm Melvin a, Gordon needs to find – so. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm a Melvin Gordon guy. He's uh, – you know, he came from, uh, from the Chargers uh, having a couple big years, a little bit injury prone, but having a couple big years, and he's coming here to Denver, and he's just kind of not performing like he should. Uh, for whatever reason that may be. So I think that if he gets on track, that's going to really solidify him because then there's more you can do because Philip Lindsay's a good little slot receiver. Send him out there. You can run reverses with him because he's a running back too. So I think that just opens up their playbook more, which will make them that elite team uh, on offense. And I agree that once Von Miller comes back, they will be a top five defense uh, potentially. Again, just you got to stay healthy that with the rest of the team. Yes, absolutely. Denver is definitely a, a really good football team when they're healthy. But I really feel like they found their quarterback in Drew Locke. But I just feel like they have other areas to work on. But I feel like that after that they address those needs, they're going to be good to go. They're going to be they're going to be good again. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I'd, I'd figure one solid secondary person, uh, like a Jalen Ramsey, a Marcus, Pe- uh, not Marcus Peters, he needs a lot of help, but somebody like Jalen Ramsey who can lock down on his own, don't necessarily need the extra help. That adding into that defense would solidify that defense being a top five elite defense when healthy. Uh, Drew, I think you have all your pieces that you need to your offense with Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, uh, and Cortland Sutton. Uh, and as long as you can get Melvin Gordon on a, on a solid track going in, even though Roy Rice uh, might be on. You mean on Royce a, Freeman? Yeah, Royce Freeman might be on a, uh, a, a good track, and Philip Lindsay would be on a good track. I think if you uh, solidify that triple-headed monster with Melvin Gordon. so. All right. So, CJ, now let's t- talk about who's winning between the Lions and the Cardinals. I'm going to go first with this one. I think the Cardinals are going to blow out Detroit. I'm going to say that, but I'm not going to really underestimate Matthew Stafford. He's really not the problem. 
What the problem is, is the Lions' defense. So I think Arizona is going to win again in a big, big way. And they're going to continue to surprise people. My man, Kyler Murray, is going to, is going to be a fun is going to, is going to show why a sophomore slump isn't in his favor. What about you, CJ? Yeah, I completely agree. I think, uh, you know, college playing great football right now. And uh, they're going to keep it up in, in, in this game against Detroit. Yeah, but I just don't see how the thing win. is, I feel bad for Matt Patricia. Do you think he's, is he the one to blame for why the Detroit Lions are, are struggling right now? I mean, it's not really his fault, though. It's the players on defense that got to get it going. He can't control that. Well, I mean, he, he brought in some of his guys. He brought in Deron Harmon. He brought in uh, Jamie Collins. You know, that was supposed to come in and, and, and kind of, uh, uh, you know, match his identity and what he wants to do on defense. And, you know, you let go of a, a you know, number one. Yes, and then you have Jeff Okuda now. That's always a big loss. Right, right. You got Jeff Okuda. Okuda is going to really help with that secondary, job. though. But uh, do you think he's the problem, Matt Patricia? Yeah. I mean, play. I mean, he has, he has to play some. He has to play a role. I mean, he's getting these guys going every Sunday. Uh, he's scheming. He's he's scheming. You know how he wants the team to play each and every week. So he has, he has to get some credit. Um, of course, the Lions have just had you know the worst luck. You know, since honestly, since Barry Sanders <laughs> retired. So uh, and even then, they weren't really that great. So um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. They just had some some real bad luck. They've had some solid teams, but. I don't want to say it's all his fault, but he does. No, it's fault. not entirely Matthew Sta- uh, Matt Patricia's fault, but Matthew Stafford isn't really the problem here. I still think Matthew Stafford is still the, the – yeah, I still Stafford, think Matthew no. Stafford is going to be the Lions quarterback within the next four to five years still because he's still really that good, you know? Yeah, I mean, if, I, if I'm him, I don't know, man. I, I, I want to start winning some games, winning some divisions. Uh, I mean – I know you really don't see quarterbacks asking for trades. You know, it's something that you really you rarely see in the NFL. But, I mean, it's like, you know, how do you want your career to be? How do you want your legacy to be? You know, a guy that, you know, put up a bunch of yards, put up a bunch of numbers, but, you know, went to just a couple playoff games here and you're, you know, 10, 12, 15 year career. Or do you want to try to contend for championships? And I just don't see the thing with Stafford that. is I feel sorry for him that he, he's not, he doesn't get a ring. I mean, I still think he's a great quarterback, but I feel I don't think he's the problem for why the Lions are so bad right now. But I feel like that the offense is not really the problem for Detroit, but I think their defense just needs to get going. So, Big G, who do you like between the Arizona Cardinals and the Detroit Lions? I picked the Arizona Cardinals, but I would pick Detroit because of Matt Patricia, who used to work on you, who used to work under Bill Belichick. I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals, man. Kyler Murray's just a different breed. Uh, add that to DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Kenyon Drake back there in the backfield. There's, I mean, and then you add in their, their other receivers as well and, and a decent defensive line or offensive line correction there, uh, an offensive line. I don't, I don't see them being able to stop them. Um, I don't, and I think that Kyle, again, we're getting to a spot where I think that the, that the Arizona Cardinals want it. They have a lot of players on there who have been close, who have played in, uh, you know, playoff games or who have never seen a playoff game. And, you know, they want it. Kyler Murray's never seen a playoff game, but DeAndre Hopkins has. And you, I can tell you he wants it. Larry Fitzgerald's been to the Super Bowl, and I can tell you he wants to go back because he knows his career is coming to an end. So you got all those people in there playing, and, and, and they want it. They want it really good. And, again, 
really bad. And again, that defense isn't, isn't a chump defense. So uh, even though Matthew Stafford is good, I don't think he has the, the pieces around him to be good. Um, and again, when we start blaming quarterback performances, uh, I don't, I don't blame the quarterback. I start at the deep, the offensive front. Now I haven't watched many lions games, but normally your problems with your quarterbacks is because of your offensive front. If you don't have a good offensive front, they're not blocking well enough and it trickles down. I played offensive line in high school. I'm, I'm very hard on offensive linemen. It's, I mean, that is your problem nine times out of 10. Now, if you're going to turn around and, and, and ask me about Matt Patricia, then, I mean, no, Matt Patricia is not the is not the problem. But you can't come in while under coaching Bill Belichick under Bill Belichick and say that you're a defensive minded coach and then have a defense this bad. There's no excuse for that. No excuse, absolutely not. You can't come in and be like, yes, I'm a I'm a defensive minded coach. I was under Bill Belichick. I know defense in and out, and then have a trash defense. That there is something to be said about that. Now again, there's GMs that make bad decisions. There's you know. Uh, owners that make bad decisions to, to make that. But again, you're supposed to be a defensive minded and a defensive heavy coach. Bill Belichick has a, has a couple of players on his defense who were un, undrafted free agents and they're playing like pro bowlers. So you can't tell me that it's not a correlation somewhere. So again, you can't blame Matt Patricia hundred percent. I would definitely say it's a 60, 40 though, with Matt Patricia being the problem uh, as the head coach. Yeah, I would feel bad if he got fired, that's for sure. So, anyways, CJ and Big G, I hope you guys enjoy the games this upcoming week for week three, and then I'll see you guys next week to recap week three and move move on forward to preview week four of the NFL season. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it was a great time. Yeah, I'll see you next week, Big G and CJ. All right, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you.